0: Said, we don't know that there's more galaxies out there. Well, I know how they got there. God created them. And he said he stretched out the heavens. That means he, when he created Earth and what was here, he took it and he just stretched it and yanked it, and it's still expanding. They've proven that it's still, space is still expanding. And that's how they can say, well, that's a billion light years away. But originally it wasn't that far because when God started it, it was at that instant. It was right there. Light was right there. And then when he expanded the galaxies, it traveled A billion miles per second. I don't know. But anyway, they proved it's still expanding, which confirms God's word that he says he's expanding yeah. the heavens. So if there's stuff out there, it doesn't matter. God created them. I'm not one that really believes that we have more people like us on other planets. They could, but I don't think they do. And some people say that we think that we're the center of the universe. Well, we are. This is the earth that Jesus stepped out of eternity on to die for. So I know that this is the center of the earth because the center of God's love came and died for us. Amen? That ain't the message, but it's just there. And Pam's birthday's on the 18th, so happy birthday, Pam! I know you want want to forget it, but I won't tell them how old you are. The only reason I know is because we're almost we're the same age. <laughs> so see what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's pray. I first, pray Father, Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, Lord, and to worship you, Lord. And Lord, I'm, I'm so grateful, Lord, for the opportunity to preach your word. I just ask your anointing upon this message and upon the hearts of the people to receive it. In Jesus' name. Now, I had a hard problem with this message today. I had me- one message I'd planned, and it was, it was done. Basically, I just had to review it and make you know changes like I always do to it. And then... The 18th of September. Show. I meant the 11th of no- November. No, I'll get it right. It's the 18th anniversary of 9/11. There we go. I got it out. I got the numbers in there somewhere. And that kind of changed my thinking. So I thought, well, I'm going to go over here and preach this. And then I had two other sermons going, and that. And I said, told Randy, I said, what I'm going to do is just come to church and ask the congregation which one they want to hear. But then I forgot the other one, so you're stuck with this one. So, anyway, it's, um, and I know that it's it's something that we need to hear anyway. Uh, We've been, started a series called Knowing Our Enemies. And actually, 9-11 is, fits under one of our enemies. Remember, we only have three enemies. Satan, the world, and us. We are worst enemies most of the time. But everything that happens, every bad thing, every sin, whatever it is, can be classified under one of these three things. Satan tempts us, we have to choose to, to be, submit. The world tries to draw us away from God, we have to choose to do it. So in self, man, we've got so many problems just to t- taking care of ourselves. We look in the mirror, and I look in the mirror, and I wonder, what happened to me? You know, I got pictures of us on the wall from different stages in our married life, and I go, man, who is that? One of them's got me with long hair, clear down to here. I like the short hair better. It's easier to take care of. And I had a hard time cutting it off because Randy liked the long hair. Men from that era was long hair. Got to have it. Except for the men. <laughs> woman's hair is a crowning glory. It Wasn't mine. Every time I turned around, it was in my mouth. And there's a lot of germs in our mouth, so how could it be a like crowning glory? Anyway, I had it cut off by our friend, and he finally agreed that he liked it better. And now he's just kind of stuck with it. So anyway, 9-11 happened, or our anniversary of it. Now, we have to realize that Satan was a t- behind the 9-11 attacks. Amen. I know that uh, we like to blame him for a lot of things, and 90% of the time he's guilty. And this was one of those times. I don't have any doubt in my mind that Satan was behind these attacks. And I know that people flew those planes, but the people that flew those planes followed the doctrine out of the pits of hell to do it. And anything doctrines that out of the pit of hell is our enemy. Amen. And we have a lot of false doctrine around that we have to deal with. And this is one of them. And uh, you don't have to read very far or study it very much to realize that that is a doctrine out of hell. <clears throat> and it's blinded millions of people to that darkness. And uh, <clears throat> and then we had that lit idiot in Congress, and oh man, I'll tell you, I'd like to go up there and put her over my lap and give her a lesson, saying that 9-11 was somebody that did something. Trying to just downplay it. it wasn't a big deal, it was just somebody that did something. Well, that somebody that did something was her people. Her people are the one that did Something. It was a religion she believed in that done something. So don't go around saying that somebody did it, your religion did it, and your people. And that just made me so mad when she said that. But that's what happens. When people are in the wrong, they try to dress it up a little bit so it don't make you feel bad, you know? And on the 18th of anniversary of 9-11, we wanna make sure that we don't let people know that well, I'm one of those. And I know that we hold the people that do things as responsible. But that religion is right out of the pit of hell. No, uh, oh, I gotta do this. Got a new toy. 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. <clears throat> but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itchy ears, And they shall turn away their ears from truth and shall be turned into fables. Now, Pastor Cliff uh, talked about uh, some of the differences between Christianity and Islam. And I want to reflect on some of those because it ties into uh, what I'm going to talk about. (coughs) Because uh, it's important. Now, Muhammad murdered those who refused to believe that he was a prophet of God and follow him. And convert. When Muhammad died, he stayed dead. Thank you, Jesus. And one day, one day, he, Muhammad, is going to stand before Jesus and give an account for his life. And I wouldn't want to be there if I was him. Because it's not only his sin is bad enough, creating such false doctrine, but all the millions of people that have followed that doctrine... And all the millions of the lives have been lost because of that doctrine. So he, one day he's going to stand before Jesus. That's a big difference. We're not going to stand before Muhammad. We're going to stand before Jesus. Jesus is the only way to heaven. Now Christians, they go to the beam of judgment, which is a reward ceremony. I'd rather go there. I don't care if I don't get any reward except if I can just get to heaven and see Jesus. Isn't that going to be an exciting time? Be able to walk into heaven and hug Jesus and hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. <clears throat> because you've been faithful in small things, I'm going to make you a rewarder of bigger things. Amen. I long for that day. My body longs for that day. Every day, every time I take a step, I say, oh, Lord, I can hardly wait till you come and change me and heal this body that's not in very good shape. <laughs> and when we get older, Pammy, doesn't it hurt more? <laughs> Everything that you hurt when you're young, when you get older, it's gonna bother you. I was a dumb kid growing up and I thought I was invincible. Now I find out that I was not and am not invincible. <laughs> I'm held together with baling wire and screws. and I think sometimes the screws are out of place. But anyway, now we look at Jesus compared to Muhammad. Jesus died for us. He rose from the dead. He's not in the grave, and he's going to return for us and take us home, and he's going to give us a glorified body. He gives us eternal life. False doctrine offers eternal death. So I'm what the truth, and the people that believe him, I, uh, you know, it just breaks my heart that people can follow this kind of stuff. And it's written, or it is there for people can get in if they just kill somebody, blow yourself up, and kill people, and you get to go to heaven and have those seventy-two virgins. You know, and, and the women say, hey, what about us? You know, women are, are suicide bombers too. What about us? And so they had to come up with something. How do we reward them? Sucker suck them in. Oh, we're going to give you male parts, and you're going to be able to have 72 virgins. I mean, come on. You know, you can't make this stuff up. Just like some of the other things, when you look at the, you know, their doctrine, it sounds like where Superman came from from another planet, and if you do enough works, you get to get your own planet, and be the God of that planet. I meant to us as believers, we know that there is only one God. And I know that because God said he looked, he looked throughout all eternity, and all of creation for another God, and could not find one. And if our God, who created the universe, can't find one, then they do not exist but that doesn't uh, cause people to give their money, so. but the other does, so <clears throat> that's why they continue with it. Now, Islam says, kill everybody that don't believe or don't follow you. Christianity says, come unto me and I will heal you brokenhearted. And no matter what happens in this world, I have a home prepared for you with rewards beyond what you could even imagine. Quite a difference. You know, and I don't know where all these 72 virgins are going to come from. But it just goes to show you what a sickening religion it is because it evolves around sex. Because that's all that's important, you know, sex and money. Sex, money, and power. We had an um, evangelist that came through, and his, we called him a holiness preacher because I'm not kidding you. If you had sin in your life, it, you know, God's going to point it out, and you're going to feel bad. <laughs> and he says, the only thing that scares me is girls, golden. What was the other one, honey? Glory. Girls, good, bold, and glory. Now the only things that scare me, and that's reality. Of course, girls don't scare me, and even guys don't scare me, <laughs> as far as that goes, because I got my guy. You know, there's a commercial that uh, <clears throat> about the she-shed that they put on. Somebody burned up my she-shed and my she-shed covered, and I put a thing on Facebook that said, I know why she said the she shed was burned up. And it shows three firemen with their shirts off and all that, and they're all muscular and whatever. That's why she burned up her she shed, so they'd come and rescue her. (laughs) It was funny, but, yeah, I know. (laughs) I never know what I'm going to say up here, so pray for me. God probably wondered, why'd you do that? Oh, well, (laughs) do the best I can, try to listen to God, and sometimes we need funny. Uh, let's see. Christianity is a religion of peace, not death. It's a religion of life. But we will fight as believers when we have to. I'll fight if I have to. And they start re- coming after my, our liberties and our guns and stuff like that. They'll get them one bullet at a time. 2 Corinthians eleven, fourteen and 15. For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if he is, he is ministers also be transformed as ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. At the roots of all false doctrines, and this stuff, is an enemy of God. False doctrine is an enemy of God. Therefore, it's our enemy. Our, God's enemies are our enemies, but our enemies aren't necessarily God's enemies. I know sometimes we pray that they would. We tell God all about it. We say, God, did you see what they did to me? Take care of it. They're my enemy. It doesn't work like that. We need to pray and ask God to change our heart and change that person's heart, work out the situation And a lot of false doctrines, and maybe all of them, were started by a man. And those, the doctrine that he wanted, he just wanted to build his own kingdom. They're more interested in building their kingdom than God's kingdom. And so you see these guys that start this religion and supposedly saw an angel of light. They start them that way. The predominant religion here started with an angel of light. Muhammad had an angel of light. Yeah, they may have sought an angel, but it wasn't God, and it wasn't Jesus, and it wasn't an angel out of heaven. How do I know that? Look at the doctrine. God doesn't tell us to murder people. God doesn't tell us that if you don't join this particular church, you're not going to heaven. Not in there. You can join every church in the world, and that ain't going to get you to heaven. There's only one way you get to heaven. And that's kneeling at the cross and asking forgiveness and saying, I'm a sinner, please forgive me. And it doesn't matter what those sins are. <clears throat> God can forgive them. Sometimes we as Christians, we try to judge sins. And I'm better than that person because at least I didn't do that. We pat ourselves on the back. That ain't what it's about. We need to look at people's fruit, not their failures. You're looking close in my life, you're going to find failures. You're going to find that I'm not perfect. You're going to find that I still sin, even though I don't want to. It's in my nature, and it's in your nature to sin. But when we get close to God and allow him to change us from the inside out, then it's easier not to sin. But even if we do sin, Jesus died for that sin. It's a lifestyle of sin that gets us in trouble. If we know God hates adultery, and he says that in the book, and we go on still having an adulterous relationship, you're going to hell. If you're acting out that relationship by your own choice, you're going to go to hell. Now, some sins I don't understand if it's not in this book. When I grew up, we couldn't dance or go to movies and all kinds of stuff. They they forbid it. It wasn't that they were trying to say you can't do this and go to heaven. It's because that people that do some of those things are more open to other sins. But it's all changed. Things have changed as we've progressed. and We realize that dancing isn't going to get you, could keep you out of heaven. I have had some people dance in church, but they're dancing to the glory of God. I won't have a dancing session here go one, two, three, kick, one, two, three, kick, like a bunch of chorus girls. Won't happen here. But if you want to get up and dance, praising God, that's okay, because you're not dancing for anybody else. You're dancing unto the Lord. David danced before God. So if it's wrong, then David isn't in heaven. (laughs) So we need to understand those things, because we have a tendency to pick and choose what sins we think is sin. And as believers, we can't do that. And false religions usually have another book to go by. Well, you need to read this book so you can understand the Bible. No, I don't. I need to read this book and ask God to help me understand it. And he will, because he said he would. He says that we ask anything according to his will and purpose. Is it God's will for us to study the Bible and understand it? The answer is yes. So therefore, he will help us. I love reading the Bible because I went through it I don't know how many times and I got a degree in Bible theology and stuff and I've read it I don't know how many times gone through all this stuff. But it's amazing that I can still read it and still find something new out of it. That's God because this isn't a dead book. It's the only book in history that is alive because God's word is life. And Jesus is the word and became flesh and dwelt among us. And he died on the cross for our sin and gave us the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit lives within each each of us. Hallelujah, that's great. That's the difference between occult or false doctrines and Jesus' word. But we need to read it to understand it. Now, we can use other sources, and I have a library full of sources, of books and studies and commentaries and stuff. I have dictionaries and all kinds of stuff. But the reality is, this is the ultimate source. Everything I read and study has to line up with that. I like to study other things because sometimes it'll jog something in my head. If I understand the custom of what's going on, that makes that particular thing. Stand out and I understand it. So it's good to have those kind of things, but we can't say they're anointed because they're not. This is the only God-breathed literature in history, right here, the Bible. And so we need to get it from there. That's got to be our source. <clears throat> Second Timothy 2:15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly divide in the word of truth. Now you find out that false doctrine wrongly divides the word of truth. And if, they don't, if it doesn't agree with our doctrine, they say, oh, that part's translated incorrectly because they believe this is God's word as far as it is translated correctly. Well, if this is only God's word as far as it is Translated correctly, then God didn't write it. Because if God can write it, He can make sure that it stays pretty accurate down through the years. Now I know when we change it from one language to another, there's some challenges there. But the basic story doesn't change. All of us here could stand and watch an accident, and we could be posted to different places where we see that accident. And so you're going to get a different view of that accident. But the main facts are not going to change. Car A ran a stoplight or stop sign and ran car B. Doesn't change no matter where you're at. The facts do not change. So if someone gives you that and says, as far as it's translated correctly, ask them, what part isn't translated correctly? And they'll look at you like a mule looking at a new gate because they won't know what you're talking about, because they are just inundated with things that they're supposed to say. And they're not used to people coming back with questions. And then it knocks them off their game. I tell people, if you want to reach somebody that is attending false or hearing false doctrine all the time, start asking them questions that makes them think. Because that's how you reach them. That's how Satan reached Eve in the garden. Hath not God said? You want to get somebody interested, you say, is that what it really says? Or what does that mean? Or where did you get that from? To get them to think. Years ago, I had (coughs) local missionaries come into my house, and I'd invite them in, and we'd talk. And I'd ask them so many questions, they didn't know answers to them. So the next time they come, they brought somebody up that knew a little more than they did, and so I'd call, they came and I'd ask them questions and, and they didn't know the answers to and you could see the wheels turning. And then they said, I'm sorry, we can't come back anymore. <laughs> you want to get the truth in somebody? Get them to search the Bible. Because if you get them to search, God will get them out of it. <clears throat> After 9-11, the slogan was, Never forget. But I don't need a slogan to remind me of what happened that day. If someone murdered your child, could you ever forget it? No. 2,996 people were murdered. Innocent people were murdered on 9-11. They were somebody's child, somebody's mother, somebody's friend, somebody's father, somebody's aunt, somebody's uncle, somebody's aunt or niece. Nephew. And they were all murdered, innocent lives, trying to get a big splash on the front page, doing stuff that creates the most damage. That's a cult. That's God's work. No, not God's work, Islam's work. Because they want to destroy. They want to force people to convert. God doesn't force anybody to do anything. He gives us a choice. That's how you know. Now, years ago, they stopped these tours the way that I had it in in Pearl Harbor. (coughs) But I went on a tour of Pearl Harbor in the, what, 68, I think it was, 1968, I can't remember. And um, went on a tour, and they took you around in the harbor itself. And they showed us where this ship was and that ship was and all these things that were there. And they sh- we went to the Arizona Memorial, and we could see, look down, and see the ship. And we realized that so many people died there. And that's a memorial to their death. But see, the difference between that and 9-11 is great. See, I could understand what my dad felt in World War II after Har- Pearl Harbor. I can understand his, his anger. But see, he didn't get to see it live on the news. We got to see 9-11 live as it was happening. We got to see a plane go into the tower. We got to see the towers fall, knowing that thousands of people would be killed. We know the damage that it caused. It took eight months to clean that mess up, and they were working hard to do it. There's a memorial there, but there's so many people who said they'd never forget, but they've forgotten. Our officials have forgotten. If it doesn't fit into their plan, forget it. It doesn't make any difference. Satan used Japan and Germany in Pearl Harbor and used Muslims on 9-11 to cause death and destruction. And our elected officials, a lot of them have forgotten we are told over and over again that not all Muslims radicalized. Not all Muslims flew those planes into the towers and then turn around and blame all gun owners for mass shootings. This is an enemy at work. And we believe it. Not me, but people believe it. Oh, if we can just take all the guns, these certain guns away from people, we'll be safer. Really? We've done all that we can do with drugs, and, and man, we got rid of drugs, didn't we? You can go anywhere in the world to get drugs if you want them. Doesn't matter, they're, they're illegal, but who cares? Criminals will always have guns. The only ones that will be disarmed are the citizens. Hitler took over power because he took away their guns. Oh, we'll protect you. No, thank you, I'll protect myself takes 15, 20 minutes for a policeman to get there to help you. Well, if they're already in the house, what are you going to do? The police are on their way. Would you please hold? We only got 12 more minutes. Huh? They break into my house. They're going out in the body bag. Say, so, oh, pastor, how can you do that? How can you say that? It's easy. God doesn't say we have to lay down and let the world walk all over us. And they say, well, Jesus said, turn the other cheek. Well, there's a difference in turning the other cheek and turning your daughter over to people who want to rape them. Big, huge difference. You say something against me, you know, I may try to defend myself, I may not. Sometimes I can turn the other cheeks, depends on the the issue. But something like that, hey, I'm not turning any cheek. I'm just going, (laughs) that's all I'm doing. That'll be the last sound you hear, and it's very distinct. It can cause a robber to go the other way. And if you feel like me and you will protect yourself and they're not dead, and they get out of the house, drag them back in. And if they're still living, I'll try to lead them to Christ. I mean, I'll do that. When they're dying, I'll do that. But we are too, whenever we're supposed to let everybody walk all over us. I can't find that anywhere in this Bible. The Old Testament, they had, we're at war all the time. And we're at war against the darkness of this age. We're at war against the darkness that wants to destroy our families. That wants to kill your kids, your children. We're at war. And we're not supposed to lay down and say, God bless you. They break into the house and say, oh, have you come in to steal? no. We don't ask them questions. Let's put up your hands. But I won't even do that. I'll shoot first and ask questions later. Somebody breaks into my house. They obviously aren't invited. 9-11, 2012. Benghazi. We didn't hear a lot about that other than uh, our uh, soldiers died and our ambassador died and all they cared about was how they were going to spin it. And that infuriates me. They could have sent help and didn't. And people that went on a suicide mission trying to protect them. And we wouldn't send help. There's one thing is sending help and they don't get there in time. And another thing not to send them at all. And that makes me mad as an American. And that's false doctrine that's destroying this world. I wish I could say that all that stuff that happened caused people to be saved. There were some that got saved, not as many as you'd think. After 9 11, a lot of people were in church that time, and they came to church for a while. But then, oh, wow, it didn't affect me. It was just in New York. I didn't have anybody live there. They got hurt, so it's not a big deal. It didn't matter. But see, that's how it starts, we get complacent. You know, they do something, they take guns away from citizens. Well, I don't like guns anyway, so don't bother me. Then they're gonna start putting certain groups of people in confinements. Well, that doesn't affect me, so it doesn't matter, it's okay. But they'll keep doing that and one day it will affect you and you will have no recourse, it's over because they start taking our freedoms away a little bit at a time. Isn't it amazing that only liberals have free speech, but we don't? Conservatives can't go on our campuses because of the riots and everything that happens, but they don't have a problem with the liberal. They blackball Hollywood stars who come out in support of Trump, because they hate him. We did hear about last phone calls to loved ones and we heard, heard some of them. If you were watching the news a lot, you heard some of them. They knew they were going to die. And there's one instance that we were closer to that I just learned, I didn't know this, <coughs> that a woman that was flying a, a fighter pilot from Utah, they had just returned from exercises when this happened. And they didn't have any ammunition. They were out of ammunition. And in order to get ammunition, it would have taken an hour to do that. So they were ordered to knock it out of the sky. Knock the one plane out of the sky. And she was going to do it, knowing it was a suicide mission. But also knowing that it was probably her father flying that plane that she was going to knock out of the sky. We didn't hear that because it didn't happen because the passenger says, if I'm going to die, they're not going to cause any more damage and they crashed into the ground. And then we had so many heroes, people acting, responding to it, first responders. And a lot of the first responders died because of what happened on 9-11 because of all the stuff they breathed into their lungs. A lot of people died because of that now God wanted 9-11 to be a wake up call I wished it would have been he wanted America to stop quoting 2nd Chronicles 7-14 that says if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray then I will hear from heaven and heal their land he wants us to quit quoting it and start acting on it start doing something There's so many things we can do that we're not doing. You know, time is short. I don't know how short it is. I don't know how long I'm going to live. We're not guaranteed anything. And you could die before me even though I'm older. Because death has no respect for persons. I've done a funeral for a baby that just lived two hours. That was the hardest funeral I ever did. And I've done funerals for non-believers, and I've done funerals for believers. And I'll tell you, for, funerals for believers are a lot better to do than ones that aren't. Because what do you say? I mean, of course, you don't know what their last hours were like, the person that died, or what decisions they made, but all their life indicated that they hadn't selected God as their Savior. So what do you say? You can't make promises to people when there are none. It's hard to do. Just think about that. You kind of make the family feel better about a death when you know in your heart they weren't saved. That's hard. It's hard. Talk about a spin zone sometimes. But my job there is to comfort the family in that and do the best I can to do that. Now, I don't, of course, don't come out and say they're going to go to hell, <laughs> obviously, because that isn't God's word to hurt people that are already suffering. <clears throat> but... There's a famous quote that says, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Now, we live in a society that's worse than it was before 9-11. I mean, we don't teach history in school anymore. So our kids are tearing down statues. They're painting over paintings because that person owned slaves. Well, so what? Why do we, as people, have to suffer for something that happened way back then when it was legal. Now, I don't condone slavery, I never will, never have. But a lot of those slaves were treated better than, treat- than, than um, African Americans are treated today. But they were still in slavery. But to get rid of history, how are we going to remember what happened so we don't do it again? See, they want us to get rid of all that stuff so they, when they enslave us, we won't know any better. We'll think this is just life the way it is. See, the ones in power, they want more power. They want more money. There's never enough money, never enough power. But that's what they're striving for. we got a bunch of idiots running for president, and they're saying they're going to they're get rid of cows and all kinds of stuff and airplanes and fuel. Now, I don't know what that world looks like, but I'm not getting rid of my hamburger or my steak. I mean, and and you got people like AOC when we complain about getting rid of cows, and she says, "Well, why don't you go down the grocery store and get your meat the same place I get mine? We don't need cows." Uh, Okay. And those are the people that are leading, leading, leading us. Those are our leaders. They don't know anything because they're sold out to an idea of power and money. Now, we have a lot of great leaders in our nation. I'm not saying we don't. There are a lot of Christians in, in this nation that are in leaders, leadership positions. But there's a lot of them that aren't. And when they're not, their hearts are closed off when they can't see how stupid some of those things they say are. Get rid of cows. Buy it in the supermarket. But to them, it made sense because their eyes and hearts are darkened to the doctrines of devils and demons of this world and they've sold out to satan maybe not like they think they are it's to a doctrine it's to a theology out of the pit of hell <clears throat> and if that doctrine or that philosophy is hurting you or hurting a the nation then it isn't god's word <clears throat> We've had floods and fires, disaster after disaster. But we haven't called out to God. I mean, I have individually. I call out. I pray for our nation every day. I pray for our president every day because he's just a man. He makes mistakes, and I make mistakes. It's just that when he says them or does them, everybody knows about them. That's why I can't run for office. I don't want my life on the front page. <laughs> oh, when she was a kid, she stole Candy. When I was a kid, I stole the bike, but I never got caught, so it didn't happen. <laughs> right? <laughs> <clears throat> Proverbs 26, 11, As a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool returns to his folly. See, we're going right back to the same junk we used to have. Instead of realizing the mistakes that have been made, we make them again. History is destined to repeat ourselves over and over again because we think, well, we know how to do it better. Socialism failed in Venezuela. It failed in all these other countries because we weren't running it. Has nothing to do with that. Socialism cannot work. The problem is sooner or later, you run out of other people's money. I mean, is good for some people, but it's not for people who work for a living. It's not good for the people that have worked their whole lives to get something built up to leave their kids. And then they come in and just swipe it and steal it away from them. We're going to tax the wealthy. Well, start with yourselves, people. Nobody's telling you you can't give your money. You can give as much as you want to the government. Well, I'm not going to do that until I have to. Well, when you're through with all the legislation, everybody will have to give it up but you because that's the way it works. They want health care for all, Medicare for all, but I'm not going to be covered by that insurance. It doesn't cover very well. And everybody gets it. If You come in here illegally, you get it. Well, it's going to cost more than we make as a nation to pay for that stuff. But see, numbers don't matter. We'll figure it out when we get there. Just like people, you know, they get their paycheck, and man, they get so excited, they got money, they spend it all. The problem is it has to last two weeks. And so what do you do for two weeks? There's no money. That's the same thing that happens in some of this legislation. They pass it, and it sounds good. We'll worry about it when we get there. No, we've got to figure it out before we get there. Yeah. So we cannot vote for no socialist countries or, or people that's running for office. I meant this, so you listen to it, and you can't believe they're actually saying it. And they're trying to figure out who can be the most radical about their stuff. And old Beto O'Rourke says, he's going to come into my house and steal my guns. Come on. Bring it. You'll be dead as soon as you, before you shut the door. It sounds good, and it gets a lot of people to follow him. But it isn't reality. We've got to protect ourselves. Otherwise, everybody's going to come in and rob us. <clears throat> you want to kill somebody? Go to a place that guns are illegal. Are they gonna, how are they going to protect themselves? They can't. That's the object. And then you notice that all these people who want to take our guns, they got bodyguards. I can't afford bodyguards. Can you? If I had body, ten bodyguards 24-7, I wouldn't care about carrying a gun either, having a gun. But I don't have bodyguards. So I need to protect ourselves. We need to protect ourselves, individually and as a nation, not only from this stupid theology that they're spewing out, but also individually, we have to protect ourselves. And that's OK. God's okay with that. God said not to murder. He didn't say not to kill. They get that backwards. They, say, "Oh God says you can't kill, so I can't kill. I don't need a gun because I'm not supposed to kill anyway. So if somebody comes in, kill me first. No, it says, do not murder. Now, if somebody breaks into my house, they'll go out in a body bag, but it's okay if I kill them because they were going to harm me. Self-defense, it's okay. And I know some people don't like this theology and some people have left this church because I believe like that, but our forefathers who wrote the Constitution believed that. They didn't want the government to overstep and tell you what you can do in your home. They want to raise your kids for you. Because you don't know anything. And the one kids that are growing up don't know anything. Because they weren't allowed to know anything except what they want to teach them. <clears throat> now I've got a bunch of verses here that I'm not going to read because I don't have time. In Deuteronomy, the whole chapter, one through, what, one through twenty. 1 through 20 and Deuteronomy 31, or 22, I guess it is, 1 through 22. Because there's too much there. But God went through a lot of stuff in these verses about us delighting in him. And that when we sin, and we'll get far away from God, and things happen, that we can always come back to God. He said, you can always come back to me. Just cry out, I'm here. I'm here for you, but you have to come back to me. I'm not chasing you. Amen. And he says, those that follow his word, they will be blessed and prosper. And not necessarily in money. It's nice if, you know, believers all were millionaires. I'd be okay with that, wouldn't you? Then this church would be full because I want to be a millionaire, so I'm coming to church. But he said he would prosper us. And sometimes that prosper means that your kids aren't sick that week. Sometimes prosper means that your washing machine didn't break down, or your refrigerator didn't break down, or your furnace didn't break down in the middle of winter. I mean, it's amazing. God protects so many things. I remember we had this, this vehicle that we had before, the one that we had, the uh, truck we had before, and that or the no, it was It was the vans I had, and we had so many miles on those tires. And every time we went in there, because we got a free pair when we bought the vehicle, and every time they'd, be, they'd go in there and say, man, those tires aren't worn." So I don't understand it. These tires don't last that long. God helps. Of course, eventually we said, well, go ahead and replace them, because, you know, we want to make sure we get our free tires that we already paid for. Because they aren't free. Remember, nothing's free. Somebody's paying for it. Yeah. You're going to pay for it, or somebody else is going to pay for it. But it's paid for. And that's the thing, like I said, socialism. They run out of other people's money. I like the idea of taking a million dollars from somebody and give it to me. But I don't like the idea of them taking every, all my stuff and give it to somebody else. And they do that all the time. And we've gotten so stupid in our nation with a lot of things. And God sends a harbinger, like 9-11, and other things that happen. And says, hey, call out to me. I'm here. I'm waiting. I want to help. Please. And live, choose life, not death. And yet we still choose death. Because look how nice it is over there. Look at all that stuff I can have. But death, oh, I got plenty of time. I'll accept God on my deathbed. Well, I guarantee you, a lot of people that thought that didn't get a chance for a deathbed because they died younger than they thought they would. Like I said many times, if I would known I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care of my body. And you probably would too. <clears throat> but if we turn back to God, we have hope. But this nation has gotten worse. I mean, We don't even do things smart. After 9-11, we started searching people at the airports where you could get on a plane. And then somebody had a bomb in their underwear and so now we had to take our shoes and they're in their shoes, they to take off their shoes. And then they have to x-ray you because they want to make sure you're not carrying anything. But... You cannot search a woman in a burka. That's racist. But you can search old granny in a wheelchair that has has enough trouble just keeping her teeth in, let alone blowing somebody up. Because we're, we're so stupid. How does that make any sense? And then we want open borders so the terrorists don't even have to worry about it. They just come right in. They just walk right in. How stupid is that? And then we have a terrorist attack, and we wonder, what happened? Where did we fail? You failed right there. Now, I'm for okay with immigration. I just want it legal. I love Mexican people. I love everyone. I don't see people as white, black, red, green, orange, whatever they might be. It doesn't matter to me. God loves them, and I love them. There's no such thing as racist if you're a Christian. And I love all people. I love everybody in this church. It doesn't matter who you are, what your background is, how old you are, how young you are. I love you. And I want to serve you if I can. And that's what beliefs in Christianity does. It makes us want to do do more. Not take, but to give. There's a huge difference in that. But he took these verses and he said, hey, this stuff's important. And he told Moses, turn it into a song. Let them sing it over and over and over again so they could learn it. See, God knew that if you had a hard time memorizing something, put it in a song. Long before Sesame Street, God came up with the idea. You want to teach your kids something? Put it in a song. How many learned their ABCs that way as a kid? I didn't. (laughs) You know, we just had to keep over and over and over again. And we used to have multiplication tables. How many know what that is? (laughs) All us old people. And we had to learn them. And I still know them because of that. Now, <clears throat> now Trump stopped the apology tour that we had going on when Obama was in there. And I was glad because America doesn't need to apologize to anyone. America is the only one that gets in a war with somebody and rebuilds their country for them. Who else does that? That's God influencing our leadership. Yeah. And we're so stupid as a nation because we borrow money from China and Saudi Arabia and then we give them aid. Does that make any sense to you? If we just had common sense in our, in our government. We'd be okay, but we don't. Now, Islam made us afraid as a nation. But we can't do smart things to protect ourselves because it's racist. And everything is racist. I'm so sick of hearing about racist, aren't you? Everybody that supports Trump is a racist. Trump's a racist. Therefore, everyone that, that supports him is a racist. They've done too much harm to that word. And so now when we do have actual racism, it's like the boy who called wolf. When it actually happened, nobody would believe it. No one in here is a racist. I get tired of hearing it. You want to see something? Islam is racist. They're the ones that's racist. Everyone that calls you a racist is a racist. Because the Bible says anybody judges you on something, they're doing it themselves. They do it to try and make themselves feel better about themselves. Remember all these sex scandals they had years ago when... when well-known gospel preachers were falling, they found out about a affair that they had. "Be sure your sin will find you out." And they were out there preaching about adultery and preaching against all this stuff, and they were doing the very same thing. So one day, everything's going to be in the light, and I want to make sure that everything that's shined in my light is covered by the blood. And then when they say, well, don't you remember when she did this? No, I don't remember, God will say. What about this? I was there when she did it. No, don't remember it. Because God don't risk chosen not to remember stuff like that. And when we become believers, we don't have a past, we have a present. Now our present is influenced by our past, so we have to ask God to heal our hearts and our lives. And that's the problem with time and why we don't remember 9-11. The scars have covered them up. And I'm sorry about that. And it makes me mad that we say we'll never forget, and yet we do. And we treat the people, the very people that done this, as if they hadn't. And they try to tell us that Islam is a religion of peace. That ain't what their doctrine says. Our doctrine, that we, what we believe is out there on that uh, foyer in a paper form. It tells you how we run our church, how we elect officers and, and everything that we do. And it, our 16 doctrines that we have with all the verses to back them up. And you can look them up. We're not ashamed of anything we believe in. I don't have to hide it. You don't have to reach a certain level in the church in order to know this doctrine or that doctrine. Everything's wide open for you. Even the books of this church are wide open if you want to see them. You won't be able to see who gave what, but you'll be able to see the things that are important if you want. We're not hiding anything here. <coughs> no, this is going to be a... These are all the verses I'm going to give. <laughs> ah, here we go. So aren't you glad I can imagine how long those verses would have cost, taken? <coughs> Galatians 1.8, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel that is different from the one we preach to you, may he be condemned to hell. Now Jesus didn't use flowery words because hell was a place he didn't want you to go. If your little kids, they were gonna run out into the street and get run over by a car, you would yell at them. You wouldn't say, oh honey, would you please not go on the road? Car might be coming around. No, we'd be yelling, screaming at them, and yanking them out of the road. And then you'd have a child endangerment person there watch you grab them out of the road and put you up for child abuse. (laughs) They don't care about the reason you laid hands on your kid. It's a problem we have today. We got too many parents raising their kids with, that's okay, honey, use your words. Now, why did you steal that? Now, tell mommy. I won't get mad. Tell mommy why you did it. You know? Huh? It's, why did you steal that? That didn't belong to you. You know better than to take stuff that doesn't belong to you. We don't sugarcoat it. When we sugarcoat wrongs, it's not that big of a deal. And we wonder why our kids are growing up the way they are. It's because we don't raise them right as, as parents. And I'm not, I'm not saying that's anyone here, I'm talking about the, the parents that I see in the world. I get so... People, you know, you go out to dinner. How many people have gone out to dinner and sent by a family that's out to dinner and they're eating, and all, every one of them is like this? <laughs> to have family dinner. Okay. I don't understand that. I know we didn't have the cell phones when, when our kids grew up. But that still wouldn't have happened if they did. Cell phones down. There's going to be a basket. And it's going to go around. Because there're things that are important and family times important, and then we wonder why our kids are the way they are. Because we let Twitter raise our kids, Facebook raise our kids. What's the other things that they have? Whatever they are. We let that stuff raise our kids. But see, when you stand before God as a parent, He's going to hold you accountable to the way your kids were raised, and we're going say, but but, 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 but Twitter. But, 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 but Instagram did it, I didn't do it, they did it. No, you're responsible. And when I stand before God, I pray that I did the best job that I could as a parent. And maybe in some things we were too strict, but I'd rather have a parent be too strict than too liberal. Yes. The problem with all these wealthy brats is they think the world owes them a living and every, they get everything for free and if you get in trouble, it don't cost anything. But in a regular home, you're taught right from wrong. You're taught that if you want something, you earn it. You may get something, may come your way that you didn't earn, but you need to plan on earning everything because that isn't going to happen. We have to quit playing church, quit going through the motions. We have to quit waiting for someone else to do something about it. We have to quit letting sin reign in our lives and stand up for Jesus. Jesus said, you are with me or against me. We may stick our heads in the sand and not realize judgment is coming, but that isn't going to stop judgment. I want to serve God. I want to do the things that he wants me to do. I don't want to preach anything from this pulpit that would displease him. And if I've said something any time in this pulpit and you think it doesn't sound quite right, let me know. I'll research it. Sometimes my mouth engages before my mind does. And I'm usually a whole sentence ahead of my brain, so sometimes things come out. But tell me about it. I welcome that, because I don't want anything wrong said here. So I have to give account to you, and I have to give an account to God. And you know, if you've been here very long, I've apologized, apologized to this congregation a few times. I'm not infallible. So we need to start doing the things we, we need to do, because time is short. Amen? Let's pray. Our praise is Father, Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be here, Lord. And I ask, Lord, that something that I said today, Lord, would, would touch someone's heart and help them, Lord, in some way. I know that we live in a dark world, a lost world, but I also know that you are the light of this world. And, Lord, I'm thankful, Lord, for the day that you brought the light into my heart because that was a great day for me. And I'm so thankful, Lord, to be born in America. I'm so thankful, Lord, for being being able to accept you as my personal savior. And I pray for the world. I pray, Lord, that your light would come to a dying world. And I know that sometimes America is more dark than the darkest place in Africa. And one day we will be judged as a nation. Lord, but I also know, Lord, that there are so many believers in this nation. Every day they pray, they pray to you for our nation. They call out and ask your protection on our, on our leadership. We ask Him, Lord, that you guide and direct them, Lord, and we do that again this morning because we know, Lord, that people are in these positions. And I pray, Lord, that you would help influence them, Lord, because you bring leaders into positions and you can tear them down. So, Lord, we ask, Lord, your blessing upon America. We ask, Lord, that you'd stay the judgment, Lord, we know is coming until we have a revival in this nation. And, Lord, I believe a revival is going to come to change the hearts of the people Because, Lord, when that last person has accepted you as their personal Savior, in this age of grace, Lord, that you're going to come and take us home and we'll change in the twinkling of an eye. Lord, and we look so forward to it. But, Lord, I ask, Lord, if there's someone here this morning that doesn't know you in a personal way, I pray, Lord, that you change their hearts and help them make a decision for you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.